You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. For those of you listeners who know my background a bit, you might remember the stories of my first few jobs after college. From being a mall cop to selling makeup door-to-door, I realized that I had skills that were being underutilized and that these minimum wage jobs couldn't support me or last forever. I spent years going through YouTube, reading books, listening to podcasts, and taking enough online courses to reinvent myself as a professional copywriter and digital marketer. Years later, thanks to my side hustles and drive, I've worked with national news outlets, multi-million dollar tech startups, nonprofits, and celebrities to build their brands and drive sales. None of this could have happened if I didn't develop in-demand skills. I had to do this alone, but you don't have to. You have Hustlers University 2.0. Hustlers University 2.0 is a community where you can learn real skills to earn money online today, starting with side hustles you can use to elevate your game. I'm not just an advocate for Hustlers University. I'm also a student. Every professor is verified to be making 10K to 500K monthly in their selected field. You get full resources, lesson plans, and an active community of thousands of other Hustlers University students working on skills such as stock analysis, cryptocurrencies, e-commerce, copywriting, which was my favorite course, one I actually went ahead and took last month. And as a copywriter of seven years, I even took a ton out of that, including some of the resources I was able to take over to my day job. You also learn freelancing, financial planning, affiliate marketing, business management, and so much more. If you're tired of depending on a boss who hates you to deliver your paycheck or have learned since the lockdowns that controlling the source of your income is vital to your individual freedom, sign up for Hustlers University 2.0 today using the link in the show notes. I'll see you there. Welcome back to the program. Today we have Andrea Mew. She's a contributor to Every Magazine. 
And we're going to be discussing her recent article titled The Most Attractive Part of a Woman. According to Men in Science, it's not what you think. Andrea, thank you for joining the program today. Remso, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate being able to chat with you about everything Evie and uh, this article. Is it Evie? Oh, you see, I... Before the show, I was asking how to properly pronounce your name. Now I realize that I've been calling Evie Evie for like a year now, and now I feel really stupid. Don't worry about it. You know, I did the exact same thing when I started writing for Evie. I got on the phone with the girls over there and said Evie Magazine, and they told me, all right, first thing before you start writing for us, we have to let you know it's it's Evie, like the Pokemon. Okay. Well, now now that now that kind of settles that once and for all. Um, what, why, well, first off, what I like reading about this, uh, site is that it's, it's meant for conservative women, but as a guy, I find it entertaining because and not entertaining, like, Oh, look what the girls are writing about. But I, I find it entertaining and informative because it offers a different perspective on a lot of cultural issues that I take interest in from, uh, you know, for, from a woman's view that I wouldn't typically think about, nor would I ever really think about asking about. And, uh, you know, my, my wife is a regular reader as well. In the past, what, what we've talked about on this show, especially last year in 2021, uh, we, we did a lot of episodes about dating relationships, men trying to understand more about women, women trying to understand more about men in the relationship field. We even went ahead and created an online dating profile for a, for a friend of mine. Three of us got together and it, it didn't work out. The swipes didn't manifest over time, but we, we got to learn some <laughs> stuff about him and you know the type of women he's interested in and you know that that was definitely a guy episode because we're we were and, and i'll link to that in the show notes folks so you can go ahead and hear uh, the time that we made derek uh an online dating profile it, it was it was it was a very guy-centric episode and ultimately it was about what you would expect we're trying to figure out whether or not you know our, our friend derek who we were creating the profile for we're trying to figure out it's like derek do you like brunettes or do you like blondes do you like slim women or do you like curvy women and it it was funny but what it really did was it it showed us it it showed us how other people can be attracted to certain features and people that we might not find attractive ourselves and we've we've talked about beauty standards and the expectations for men and women in the dating world in the past what i found really interesting about your article is that it, it caught me off guard when I finally read what the most attractive feature is because it never, it never occurred in my mind what it was. So before I go ahead and spoil that, my, my question is what came first, the question of what is the most attractive female feature according to men or discovering what it was and then trying to figure out why it was. Well, you see, I actually came across the study that had been done and I had speculation about it before because I had heard about things, you know, with, um, I'd heard about the waist to hip ratio. I had heard about, you know, men liking, um, larger behinds, but I didn't know if there was any actual science behind it. And when I came across this research, I thought to myself, you know what, everything is starting to click by the way that a woman's body physically changes throughout her life, especially with pregnancy and especially just maturing, this is what makes sense that from, you know, an evolutionary standpoint, this is what men have been primed to like. And am I allowed to reveal it now? Is that okay? Please go ahead. 
Yeah, the lumbar curve. So that Which is usually me. not what I'm asking my guy <laughs> friends when I ask them what they're more into. Absolutely. I mean, it's not, you don't think about the lower back all that much, but it has a lot to do with the fact that, you know, you see this uh, Brazilian butt lift style, but very popular lately among a lot of celebrities and influencers, the Kim Kardashians of the world, China Black, all of them. It was all the rage. It's that slim, thick body. But everyone, you know, I was noticing after a while, I was hearing input from men that the oversized bottom just was a little bit crazy, but there was something still there. And it's, it's that part, the upper part, what I would call the shelf, you know, where above the, above the woman's butt and right below her lower back. And apparently according to this research, it's, if a woman has a lumbar curve between 45 and 47 degrees, that's supposedly the ideal silhouette. Well, I found interesting about this was as I was reading it, it actually made me really question like, what, what do I usually find more attractive? And as I looked back at, you know, the, who, who were the women who were like the celebrities that I had like, you know, teenage crushes on when I was younger mm-hmm. and stuff like that. What are the things I like about my wife and maybe the women that I dated in the past? And they all kind of fit a similar profile a Sofia Vergara, uh, a Christina Hendricks, a Marilyn Monroe. Now, that might be stereotypical. A lot of men like those women, but w- what is it specifically? And, and you reference Monroe uh, in your piece, and you, you go ahead and share a few photos of other women, and that is definitely one of those things that you notice, and you wonder why when they're taking a photo, are they really just trying to you know, show their back? Are they really trying to you know, posture in that way. Why is that? And I, I wonder if often like, and this is going to, this is going to be a dumb question. So I might as well ask it. That's do, okay. wi- do women talk about that? Do women say, Oh, you know, she's got a nice curve in her back or is it immediately, Oh, what, what's she doing to get a bigger butt or something? You know, I don't, I have never actually had that type of conversation with another woman about the lower back in particular when looking at other pictures. Um, We often like to chat about things like, oh, what sort of cosmetic procedure did that woman have? You know, what plastic surgery procedure? Did she have a Brazilian butt lift? Did she maybe have um, fillers? Um, You know, you can get hyaluronic acid fillers um, and different types of uh, sculptra in your bottom that will help you have a bigger butt. Um, and they'll do that to even out hip dips as well, if you've ever heard of that. But, you know, with the lower back, there is no faking having a curved lower back. You can only fake it in the way that you stand. You know, if you decide to stand, the term is the lumbar lordosis, where you see the girls who are really exaggerating. They're really sticking their butts out. Um, and that's either bad posture. Maybe they have, maybe that's, um, you know, they're just trying to pose for a photo. Like it, the one it I looks showed. really hard. Like they're trying to impersonate like Jessica rabbit. Sure. And, and I mean, it's uh, there, there's a photo of uh, I think it was Haley Bieber in your article. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I can tell that's a pose. No one takes no one just stands like that. So obviously, as I was looking at it with this in mind of what she's trying to show, it's like, oh, she's really trying to exaggerate that. Right. And but at the same time, you see in that photo of her, she has those little bumps above on her lower back. 
And that's something biologically that only, um, it's, it's not something that shows in every woman, those two little bumps. Um, but it happens when you're a certain, uh, when you have a certain body fat percentage lower, obviously. So as you were, as you were discovering this, and then you were looking at examples of women who were typically known for their beauty and stuff like that, what does this really show about us? You mentioned that this is something that has come over time as, as humanity has, you know, come up from, you know, cavemen to now, is there, is there really like a, I don't know, an evolutionary perspective? I mean, what, what causes us to look at that and without even really realizing it, thinking, oh, I find her instinctively more attractive physically. Sure. Sure. It's absolutely evolutionary. Um, the whole thing about the study that was fascinating to me is that when, when you look at it and you compare this, the perfect curve percentage, that also happens to be the amount of curve that occurs during, like I mentioned, a woman during her pregnancy. Um, that curve back is perfect for childbirth, offsets the weight of the baby, um, makes it so you, your internal organs can move around. So men, over time, you'd you'd think they were naturally inclined to kind of prefer that look of a fertile woman. And it's very different from, you know, the, the boobs versus butt debate where everyone says, Oh, you know, I'm really more of a boobs guy or, Oh, I'm really more of a butt guy. But this is kind of suggesting that men just like the idea of a fertile looking woman um, and it's particularly important, I think, to bring up this sort of stuff when, you know, we have a lot of women who are casting aside the idea of fertility. Um, they, they're preferring casual sex. They don't care about emotional ramifications anymore. Um, and that's something with Evie that we're really trying to shift the narrative on is all of the lies that women are being told about sex and emotional fulfillment and relationships, you know the type of empowerment that we are teaching women through that visuals in the media are kind of a lie. They're empowering women in the wrong way. Um, my, my wife and I recently watched uh, a new documentary series on Hulu. I think it's called angels and demons. It's about Victoria's secret and uh, Jeffrey Epstein. And yeah. uh, I, I just saw that you also published a piece on Jeffrey Epstein, which is ironic. But what, what I found fascinating about that was like, I, I, I remember growing up in, you know, what, what people could define as like the Abercrombie and Fitch era. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and for guys, I remember it's like, you know, um, looking at that, I, I could never buy Abercrombie and Fitch clothes as a guy because they were always extremely slim cut. And I always felt like I had to show off my six pack, which, um, you know, hit <laughs> from me most of my life. And, you know, I, I, I remember feeling like, okay, like I, I know from TV and I know from talks in school and stuff like that, that obviously Hollywood, the media, the fashion industry is trying to market certain styles to people. That's just how it is. And, and watching that Victoria's Secret documentary, I always knew that there was a movement against Victoria's Secret from women because Victoria's Secret was putting uh, unrealistic body standards on women. And I, I didn't notice until that documentary how they're not putting it on women who didn't meet the Victoria's Secret image of what you sure. would get from a Victoria's Secret angle. 
when I look at this now and maybe it's because I'm older and I can look at it with a, a degree of more maturity, but looking at this, you know, I, I immediately I started thinking how many Instagram influencers like, you know, run across my feed are these women who are trying to do this. And I mean, they're trying to pose in that way and it just looks unnatural and painful. And, and it all, almost got, got me remembering the, um, the, the whole, I think it was the Kylie Jenner duck lips thing. Oh yeah. The was, Kylie Jenner lip challenge. Yeah. I mean, I just remember seeing that and it's just like, who, who feels that this is necessary to, to be attractive, to be beautiful. Like, I don't that, really understand how people could see this and think I have to get closer to that. And, and maybe that might be a bit judgy on my end, but you mentioned in your article, like you can't fake, you can't fake this. You can get a boob job. You can get a butt lift. You could do a lot of things cosmetically, but this is not something you could fake. Sure. And, you know, I think the Kylie Jenner lip challenge being brought up is actually, that's very fascinating. I was reminiscing on all of the unrealistic body standards that the Kardashian Jenner clan have sold to women over the years. And, um, you know, I was looking through old pictures of uh, Kim Kardashian and how her body has changed over the years. And right now she's sporting this genuinely Barbie like figure, because I believe she had whatever, you know, whether it was implants or, um, getting those removed or having a Brazilian butt lift dissolved in a way. Um, I believe she ended up having a slimmer Brazilian butt lift and has liposuctioned certain fat off of her body in this way to, give her a Mattel like figure. And it's really spooky right now. If you, if you look at recent pictures of her, there's, it's impossible. It's actually physically impossible to look like that naturally. Um, and the same thing with this, with the Kylie Jenner one, you know, you can get as much lip filler as you want, or you could suck on a little cup and, you know, you might burst some blood vessels for an internet trend but is that really going to make you feel satisfied in the long run? Is that really what matters? Or should you just focus on being the most naturally beautiful version of yourself that you can be? I would argue the latter. I, I think what really came across is, and maybe this was the intentional part of your piece, so correct me if I'm wrong. It, it wasn't necessarily that this is the big discovery. It was more of, this is a discovery but the big takeaway should be is that we're all different. You're, you know, just because you might have one physical advantage, especially in the dating pool when you're trying to attract men and physicality does play a role in that, you, you know, it comes to the point where you just have to admit when something is unrealistic and we've gone as a society and, and I see this, to, you know, for, for women and, and you know, I, I, I sympathize a lot more now, the older I get, it's like they're, they're being pushed in a way, which is just, unhealthy. Like everyone uses a filter for their Instagram photos. Everyone tries to create this caricature of yourself online. And now online to a degree, you can get away with a lot more than you can in reality. But with the moment you try and start physically changing yourself, uh, you know, especially to these ridiculous lengths, 
uh, that that's where, you know, that's just where it, it becomes an incredibly unhealthy obsession. And I'm not saying this like I'm criticizing cosmetic surgery. I think if somebody wants to fix their nose, uh, we, we had a friend of mine who was a, a fitness influencer on the show about a year ago, and she's a very, very muscular woman. And she talked about why she got a boob job. And I, I, I understood it. And with her, her reason was I felt like a lack of femininity and I did this for myself. I can get that. I can totally see that. I think often when people see that, it's like, oh, she's, you know, she's a loose woman or, oh, she just wanted to do that to get more guys. Of course, more men were paying attention to her. And that was something she liked. She did want that. But it was like, mm-hmm. I feel like a part of myself just wasn't there. The, the more like physically built I was and, you know, biologically, I just couldn't get to that point, according to her. Yeah. And, you know, the breast lifts or breast implants, those do come with their own complications as well. Um, That's actually something that I had written about in the past, because especially now with women who have had silicone breast implants for, you know, 10 years or so or more, um, they're discovering that they have these things, this thing called breast implant um, illness. Isn't that what Danica Patrick had? Correct. Because she had hers removed. Yeah, and there's a very large movement of women getting their breast implants removed. And there are other ways that you can augment your breasts without silicone. Um, You can do fat transfers um, or you can do breast lifts. But I, you know, I would argue ultimately, and this is coming from a place of not caring at all if someone actually wants to get a cosmetic procedure done, all the more power to you. But ultimately, is it going to make you feel as fulfilled as you could be feeling if you're just trying to work with what you've got naturally? And I think about it often because there is this societal pressure to change things about your body. I look at my face in the mirror and I go, yeah, you know what? I do have a pretty big nose. I've gotten comments about it online on YouTube videos. Someone once said that my nose looks suspicious. I thought it was kind of a funny comment. Um, but I mean, they're not wrong. I do have a very big nose and I have hooded eyelids. Is that a little bit less feminine than perhaps if I had wider eyelid space and a tiny little ski slope nose? It might not be as feminine, but I think it's what makes me look like my ancestors and the children that I will hopefully have in the future will look like me. If I was to change my eyelids and if I was to change my nose, my children might grow up and take a look at their faces and go, why do I look so different from my parents? Like, why does, why do I look so different from, from my mom? It's, um, it, it's interesting when we look at things, one part of your article that you mentioned was, you know, how, how over the generations there's been a preference for one more type of, for a certain type of body type over another. Um, you talk about like the, the you know, the, the bombshell hourglass figure era. And I think the other one was like, you know, the, the much slimmer, um, you know, like, you know, I'll call it like the flapper era of the twenties and stuff like that. And then you get to like the 1990s and you're dealing with like, you know, Jessica Simpson and, you know, hard body beach blondes and everything else. And it's one of those things where it's just like o- over time, People, people just can't win. <laughs> I think that's, it's I think true. that's just the one thing that I, I, I wish I had known this uh, about, I, I wish I had known this sooner as a guy, 
like, you know, men don't really talk about it, but, you know, like body dysmorphia in men, um, you know, physical standards of, of, of men, you like that, that is a thing. I don't think we talk about it much because it's hard for people. It's hard for men to talk about it because then it starts to bring up our own insecurities and things like that. And it's like, yeah. you know, it, it just, it, it's one of those things where it's just like, you know, I don't remember what year it was. It was a couple years ago when like suddenly the dad bod was a thing. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I have a dad bod, but I certainly don't have a six pack either. And it's just like, you know, I don't, I don't understand whether, you know, how that came about. And at first I thought it was a joke. And then more reports and articles and studies are showing that, you know, women like men who are healthy, but they're not like obsessed with the gym. And that goes counter to what I grew up with, which is if you don't have a six pack or if you're not like, you know, skinny, but, you know, have some muscular definition, you're, you're obviously doing something wrong. And, you know, men can't escape it. Women can't escape it either. I, I don't think necessarily think there's wrong with, you know, people having preferences or people saying that something is more objectively attractive than another. But it, it's one of those things where I, I get why so many people get upset when it comes to this. And I don't I thought that over time, especially as everyone became more open and, you know, accepting and all this other stuff. And now you've got Victoria's Secret putting like severely overweight models on their stuff it, it's it's kind of weird because it's kind of moved in a weird direction where now it's like oh now we can't have any standard and everyone is beautiful and it's like well right. that that kind of goes to a dangerous point because i don't think lizzo is attractive at all on, on any level and i can right. I, I can say with a pretty you know stoic face that she doesn't look healthy and that's not she me doesn't. it's not me attacking her i bet she's a beautiful person i don't know you know, personally, but like, you know, I, I can look at somebody and say, that's just not, that that's not working. I, I feel like we went from don't judge to don't judge at all, but definitely say this is beautiful. There's just, there's just no winning. There agreed. The thing with Lizzo is, um, you know, I honestly do think she's got a beautiful face and if she was not morbidly obese, I think you'd be able to see that beautiful face shine through a lot more. Now she doesn't have to be a size zero. She doesn't necessarily even have to be a size four. I don't know why the starting point for women now has to be a size 14, but apparently that's where, you know, that's where the average U S woman is starting out at. There's a lot more. You can be a healthy adult female between a size four and a size eight. And even up to a size 10, I'd argue, because some women are taller and then they need to wear extra large. Um, but yeah, you know, the beauty that she has underneath could be seen, but you're right. It's about empowerment and it's empowerment. And it's also a product, I think, of the sexual revolution. And I think that goes for both genders because, you know, you have women who throughout, um, being able to get more uh, more naked, for lack of better terms, throughout the sexual revolution, thanks to all these different waves of feminism, you also have men now who are, you know, being held to unrealistic body standards because you didn't used to see pictures of men's abs prior to the sexual revolution. Everyone was way more clothed a long time ago. Nowadays, you're supposed to bear as much skin as possible. It's normalized to be 
basically nude at the beach. Yet, why is it that, you know, there's some sort of taboo behind being seen in lingerie? It's totally normal to be seen in a bikini or seen shirtless if you're a man. That's actually something that I'm researching for an article that's going to be coming out pretty soon about how it's actually not sexist, in my opinion, to objectify women. This is based on another study. Um, It's not sexist to objectify women because when a man sees a woman, there were studies done, when a man sees a woman in a bikini, the parts of his brain that light up are the ones associated with tool use. What? Yeah. So <laughs> wait, you said tool use? Tool use. Yes. So it, you know, it stems evolutionarily from tools as in, you know, stone tools, but they noticed it's also to do with power tools. So it's like in this case, if I'm using like caveman logic, I see a woman she seems healthy and attractive enough. I can use her like make children or something like, is that is, am I going somewhere completely off with that? No, no, no. You're not on the wrong track at all. And, um, this is one that it's a piece I'm working on right now. So it'll, it'll be out soon, but it is the parts of the brain that light up are the ones associated with like, I, I make, I use, I, I feel, you know? Um, so, it's it's just fascinating to me because you have a group of women, feminist women, who don't want you to objectify them for their bodies, but they go out there and they bear all, and they'll cry objectification. But if it's biologically ingrained into a man's mind, and mind you, it was women who were done in the study as well. When women saw other women with bikinis on they also that part of their brain with associated with tool use lit up as well um it's it's just fascinating to me it's biologically ingrained in our brains but we go against evolution because of cultural standards because of trying to sell women and men on these new just empowerment ideals and changing what we're naturally inclined to think and feel it's why i think there's there's um you know there i i I was in the army and there were a lot of sexual harassment and rape prevention courses you had to take regularly like all the time Mm -hmm. and it it always um you know i'm I'm not gonna i'm not i I don't want paint it to be something it was like was there was there an issue when i went in the army in the mid-2000s yeah that was when a lot of female soldiers were coming out like you know, I'm, I'm, I'm being harassed. I'm being treated differently, but, but it got to a point where it was almost excessively like, you know, there was a soldier I had who got in trouble because he stared at a woman who was running and he's, and she saw him kind of stare and, you know, was he making it obvious? Kind of. I think that's kind of a subjective thing, but he, he got in trouble for, for staring at her, you know, longingly, I guess, because, uh, you know, she's, jogging in you know uh, a a sports bra and stuff now it it, it, now like like i don't want to make light of it if she felt uncomfortable or something but at the same time it's like you know men look that's just it whether they intentionally do so or not that's just something that occurs 
And, uh, you know, it, it, it goes to what, what you were saying, which is like, you know, these, these things pop in into us and it's just part of who we are as people. And, yeah. you know, what, what you do with it afterwards, you know, we can get into the moral stuff of, you know, like lust and all that other stuff. That's a whole other topic. But yeah, I mean, this, this was, um, this was a fascinating piece. It, it was, it was really one of those things that got me thinking. And, you know, when I got to the end and it's just like, you know, this isn't something you can fake. This isn't something that I'm saying you should go out and try and do. This is just something we've learned about ourselves because, you know, it doesn't always make sense rationally. Sometimes you have to look at it over a period of time and look at these factors that we wouldn't have otherwise considered. Sure. It's, it's common sense, honestly, and it's acknowledging objective truth that humans, you know, we are animals, we're smart animals, but that doesn't mean that we're necessarily better than every other mammal out there. We sure have done a lot of amazing things, but there's also just some common objective truths about us. And, you know, I could go on and on about the sexual revolution and the gender revolution and how it's changing all of that. But if we just have more people who acknowledge these truths and promote healthier beauty standards, I think we'll be a lot happier. I certainly tend to agree. Well, um, Andrea, thank you so much for joining the program today. I'm going to go ahead and link to your article in the show notes. So folks, you can go ahead and read it for yourself uh, after the show. If anyone wants to go ahead and keep up with your work, read your other pieces, such as your upcoming one, how could they do so? Well, thank you so much for having me on, first of all, Rem. So I've had a really nice time chatting with you today. Um, If you'd like to read any of my other works through EV Magazine, all you have to do is just go to evmagazine.com um, slash forward slash author forward slash Andrea, A-N-D-R-E-A dash Mew, M-E-W. And that's like the Pokemon. Andrea Mew from Evie Magazine, like the Pokemon. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> the program today. Thank you so much, Remso. Take care. Folks, if you enjoyed conversations like this, please go ahead and do me a favor. A five-star rating and review. It costs you nothing, but it means everything to me. Five seconds of your time writing a nice, honest review and leaving us five stars on Apple Podcasts helps us keep these conversations going. Let's other people know about what's going on over here. As always, go ahead and follow me on Instagram at OTR underscore Remzo. On the run underscore Remzo. OTR underscore Remzo. I don't know why I have to constantly repeat it. I screwed it up like five times the other day and you'd think that the person who made the account who the account is for would know the handle by now but it happens uh we'll be back later in the week as always be safe be good good night